What's going on, everybody? You are listening to Richo's Rant, brought to you by the Sideline Network and distributed through Anchor.fm. I am Richo, and let's get into this podcast. So we're going to start off with NFL observation. What a week. I mean, this football season is nothing short than spectacular. Little hard news going into week three. From week two, at least six players suffered torn ACLs. Obviously, the biggest hit was Saquon Barkley, Giants running back. We had the Broncos wide receiver, Cortland Sutton. Uh, 49ers defensive end, Nick Bosa, another big one right there. 49ers also lost defensive lineman, Solomon Thomas. Ravens lost their cornerback, Tavon Young. And Seahawks lost their linebacker, Bruce Irvin. This is crazy. Now, a lot of people talking about how the lack of preseason is the result of all these teams experiencing such heavy injuries and i got to say i don't i don't buy that i think it i think it goes deeper into that i think the whole pandemic really in general i don't think the lack of preseason caused all of these injuries i believe it's more of lack of practicing um lack of responsibility if you will on the coaching staff obviously a large part into the conditioning uh, coaches I mean that's their job is to make sure that these players are conditioned properly and ready to play that's what they're paid for if I was uh you know last I knew anyway so call me crazy and wrong to blame it on preseason I I gotta tell you I love the the no preseason I really do What's the most exciting time? We we used to have four weeks of preseason, right? The most exciting week would be week four. Because that's when you would see the starters. And that's when you would see the most play. And you'd start to be able to kind of gauge where teams are heading. Again, I like no preseason. Just start football and let's go. Now with that being said, obviously not having as strong of OTAs or maybe not as hard-hitting of a training camp, I think those things caused these injuries. That's just my personal opinion. You can take it or leave it. You can let me know at Twitter at the underscore underscore Richo. Now, going into this game, uh, these games, I mean, I'm going to touch on a handful of them right now. I'm going to talk about the Falcons once again. Lost a game to themselves against a weird Cowboys team. Your your team is weird, Cowboy fans. Now, we all understand I don't like you. As a Cowboys fan, I don't like you. I'm an Eagles fan. I don't like Cowboy fans. So, you guys all need to calm down already clamoring about Super Bowl ring with your 1-1 one one record. I mean, come on. You're 1-1. One one. Relax. Dak, oh, excuse me. Dakota Prescott. Had a great game. I think he rushed for like three touchdowns, threw for over 400 yards. That's great. But the trash talk needs to stop. If Dakota and company can produce those numbers throughout the season, okay, then you can talk. Then you can have your conversations. Then you can go back and forth about how Dakota Prescott is a $40 million a year quarterback. 
that was lightning in a bottle. And they're going up against Dangerous and the Seattle Seahawks. Come on now. Mr. Unstoppable. Dude's probably going to land MVP. He's actually going to get what he deserves in MVP. I mean, let's be real. He's he. It, Russell Wilson is no scrub. He puts up the numbers, and he looked awesome against the Patriots. And you Cowboy fans actually think you're going to go in to Seattle and win that? You are dreaming. Going on, uh, staying with that, and going on with the uh, Seattle game against the Patriots. Uh, what a great Sunday night game! If Cam keeps this up, he could win MVP, and Belichick could very well win Coach of the Year. I know Cam's stats aren't phenomenally great. He had 552 yards, one touchdown, one interception, 96.8 passer rating. But let me say this: if he's doing this. Under a new team, new playbook with new players, what do you think he's going to do in two more weeks? A month? Hell, two months. This dude is going to just get more and more comfortable, and the rest of the league better watch out. And us as football fans, we need to just get used to the fact that the Patriots are looking like they're going to go back into the playoffs and continue their run at being dominant in this league. Another thing I want to talk about, Monday night game, Derek Carr and the Raiders against the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to start off with this with Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a punk. Plain and simple. I've liked Carr. You know, I've, I've liked him. I've wanted this dude to do really well. And he did pretty well on Monday night. Spotlights, you know, everything. The whole night. Defending his turf. He won that game like he should have. That was the first opening game. uh, First home game. In the new Las Vegas stadium. But when you're sitting there. Before the game. And you made announcements of. I'm tired of being disrespected around the league. And you're sitting there. In the pocket as it's collapsing around you, mind you. Scrambling, not sure where to throw the ball or what to do with the ball for that matter. And then you throw a duck? Come on now. You're tired of being disrespected? How about Matt Ryan? Or again, Russell Wilson? Those guys are tired of being disrespected. Aaron Rodgers. Cam Newton can even be in there. The Patriots picked him up for pennies. And they didn't even really want Cam Newton. But going back to Derek Carr, you're a punk. You're barely a, 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 a tier two quarterback in the league. You showed some sparks throughout your seasons of playing, and especially this past game. But again, you're feeling yourself a little too much. Just like the Cowboys. This is still opening season. This is still preseason-esque. Of 2020 football. You need to stay humble. You're still a bottom 15 team. But anyway. Going into the games that I'm looking forward to. Obviously. The game going on. 
tonight. I'm releasing this podcast on Thursday, so I'll say tonight, the Thursday night game, the beard versus the mustache. And I'm proud to say I'm rocking the mustache right now at this moment in favor of my new fantasy quarterback, Gardner Minshew, because I believe that they will win. Uh, 1 p.m. on Sunday, obviously we have Bengals and Phillies. Um, I'll give a review on my Eagles Nest segment. We got the LA Rams versus Buffalo Bills. That's going to be a great game, seeing two quarterbacks that are having a hot 2020 season so far go head-to-head, as well as the Battle of the Shawns, I'm calling it. Both teams head coaches, Sean McVay versus Sean McDermott. For 425, we have really only one game. I'm turning. I'm tuning into. That's gonna be Lions versus Cardinals. I want to see more of this Kyler Murray. I want to see him really. I'm buying in on Kyler now. I'm. I have been awoken. I see the light, and I want to see Matt Stafford. I want to see if he's gonna wake up and get his pride going. See what I did there? Pride. You know what I mean? Because he's playing for the Lions. Anyway, obviously the Sunday night game. It's gonna be another one. I mean, the scheduling gods were good to us on these. These matchups, Aaron Rodgers versus a very angry Drew Brees. Green Bay's going to get that win, I believe, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be so good. Then obviously we have the Monday night game, which again, the number one team in the league versus the number two team in the league. Come on now. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes versus the Ravens, Lamar Jackson. I think Kansas City's going to win this one, but I got to tell you, I think it's going to be close. I know a lot of people are going back and forth about the defenses and you know how 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 far can these quarterbacks really go at carrying their teams with their legs and with the weapons they have. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to a botched kick to really call this game. But I still have Kansas City going on. I think they're going to get the win. They're going to they're going to stay in that number one spot. And that's what I got from my NFL observations. Let's go on to. My next segment, my fantasy. All right, now in this segment, my fantasy, I talk about my fantasy sport teams. I currently have uh, fantasy baseball going on, Major League Spaceball, my team, Pork Fried Bryce, and then I have the League of Legends, Carcino Royale. So I'll start with MLB since this is the playoffs. I won this round of the playoffs, the championship semifinals. Um, going into the finals against the league's own commissioner and friend of the sideline network, Austin Space. And I got to say, I am getting pwned. This is... I destroyed my last opponent. Sorry, buddy, but I did ten to one. I am currently losing eight to one or one to eight, however way you want to look at it. My players are just not doing it. My pitching is doing well, but they're not doing well enough to get any type of wins. Thankfully, neither are uh, Austin's pitchers. Uh, he's getting all the runs, all the hits. He has one home run, retired for RBIs, and he has two stolen bases to my zero. This is embarrassing. I don't even know where to begin. I've got picked up a couple of new players. Um, even now, I'm looking at my lineup, and I just don't know 
what's going to happen. I mean, I think a lot of players are pretty, pretty checked out. I mean, I think really it comes down to players are saving themselves for the postseason. Uh, I rely heavily onto the Phillies. I have a, a couple of their pitchers. I have Bryce Harper, obviously, who has just been hit or miss. You know, again, the Phillies keep talking about how this guy is the best on the team, but I need him to be the best on my team, and he's not. I don't even know who the best player on my team is, especially when it comes to batting. It's just been up and down. I got Alec Baum, Rosario, Harper. I don't even know how to say Akiyama from Cincinnati. Picked up Aaron Judge. He just came back. I'm, I'm really hoping he just does nothing but hit dingers for the next rest of the week. And then Machado. Like, I have three dudes that everyone was expecting to be just hitting nothing but home runs. And I got to tell you, that is not the case. That is not what, that's not what's happening. So that's basically what I need with that. I need Austin to just completely whiff for the rest of the week going into the weekend. Obviously, uh, the last game will be Sunday. Um, as I said earlier, losing handsomely right now, one to eight, uh, 87 games remaining, including today. Uh, I just, I sit here, I stare and I shake my head because it's looking like Austin space is going to win this, which good for him. Again, he came from like seventh or sixth place all the way to first and now fighting to win this whole thing. So Good for you, Austin. I, I couldn't have asked for a better opponent to go up against, but I really hope you lose, and I hope I win. Plain and simple, buddy. I don't know what else to tell you. Going on to the flip side of things now with uh, football. Ugh, I am 0-2, man, and I felt good going into this one. Aaron Rodgers, um, Keenan Allen. I mean, come on. Right there, that should have been like 50 points. Eckler, Sneed, Gronk. I dropped Gronk after this week. I cannot stand Rob Gronkowski and just how much of a bust he's been beginning of this season. If you have Rob Gronkowski also, I am so sorry because he is just horrible. Picked up Henry Ruggs the third. I left him on the bench. He only gave me one point on the bench anyway, so I guess that was a good move. Aaron Rodgers was the best player, 19 points. Um, Minnesota defense gave me four. I mean, it, it just is not looking good. I, I got I got shelled. 81 points my team put up, and that is just embarrassing. Now I'm going up against uh, – I was just going against my buddy's wife last week. Now I'm going against my buddy, Lando. Um, picked up Gardner Minshew, like I said earlier, in my NFL observation – and I'm putting him as my starting quarterback. I'm putting him over Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good game against New Orleans. But fantasy-wise, I think Minshew is going to get more points. And that's the biggest thing with these things. you got to really take out what you know about football and reapply what you know or think you know. In my case, sitting here at 0-2 preaching about what to do and not do for fantasy. But it just doesn't translate. What happens in the pros doesn't translate for fantasy necessarily all the time. So that's why I'm going with Garner Minshew. Keeping Keenan Allen and putting in Jarvis Landry. Keeping in Eckler. Like I said, dropped Gronkowski. Picked up Tanyan from Green Bay. Hoping that he's 
is just not paid attention to. Green Bay's done a really good job so far with splitting the work between their two tight ends. So I'm hoping that my dude is going to kind of fly under the radar, if you will. And if he can just hone in two touchdowns, if he hones in one, I'll be happy. I mean, again, anything is better than what I had with Gronk. So picked up uh, Gano, Gano, the uh, Giants kicker. I think he's going to be putting up a lot of points with his foot, um, especially with the Giants now losing Saquon Barkley for the season, again, due to the torn ACL. I think this dude's going to be kicking like crazy. Hopefully he gets a couple of big ones, 40, 50 yarders are playing at home. So that could be a good, good thing for me too. And then going with the Rams for the defense. I think that this is going to be a big one for me. Again, they're going up against Buffalo. I really like um, Josh Allen with Buffalo. I can't really see him throwing a lot of interceptions. So really what I'm looking for for the Rams are strip sacks. Or not strip sacks, I'm sorry, strips. So uh, forced fumbles um, from other players. I'm looking for special teams. You know, a kick return would be great. Any positive yardage that the defense can give me, I'm going to take it. So with them, I'm picking them over Minnesota and uh, the Tennessee Titans. I I think that's a good pick. I think that's the way to go. And hopefully I can actually secure a win this week. I really, really need it. I am running, I believe, bottom for the league right now. Um you know, especially including points. Yeah, so I'm 0-2. There's three other teams. Uh, Dan, because he's a Cowboys fan, that's why he's 0-2. Old Man Rivers, which, of course, is the Sideline Network's very own Christopher Lala Lavalle, sitting at 0-2 as well. And then there's myself. I am the sole last person or person in last place, team in last place in my division, and I have put up a combined of 158 points. That's pathetic. Everybody else besides Christopher Lala Valley has put up over 200. He's sitting at 181. So he's still above me. So this is definitely make it break it week for me here. I got to turn this around and really climb up. After there, uh, after that, I just need a couple other teams. I mean, if I beat Landon, I'll be tied up with him with a uh, one and two record. Our buddy Adams oops all quarterbacks or oops all QBs. If he loses, they'll be tied up too. So I, I can I can kind of sneak my way up, if you will. And uh, again, I got I to tell you, I need it. So that's it. That's all I got for my fantasy. Let's move on. Uh, talking about some eagles in my next segment, the Eagles Nest. All right, this next segment, again, called the Eagles Nest, where I talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. And I feel like every time I say their name, I just follow it up with a sigh. They are just looking so bad right now. Starting the season off 0-2, I, I have no idea what is going on in Doug Peterson's head. I don't even know if he knows. And I got to give Christopher Lavelli. Chris, I got to give you some credit, man. He's called it before, on pod, off pod. Anytime we talk about Doug Peterson, who I love. I love this co- this uh, head coach. Excuse me. And he's always said that we have to do something about him. He needs to go. I think that's a little extreme. I think he's being a little extreme on purpose, too. That's fine. He's allowed to be. But, I mean, it's it's really tough right now. 0-2. And I just don't understand where the leadership is going. 
I don't understand. I, I wish I knew more of like how he was addressing the team, and it, they just seem so flat. You know, ever since John DiFilippo, quarterback coach, and uh, Frank Wright, ever since he lost, uh, they both left. He was uh, Frank Wright was the uh, offensive coordinator. He hasn't really looked. Wentz hasn't really looked special, for lack of a better word. It's almost like they're trying to mold him into this pocket quarterback. He doesn't scramble as much. And again, I don't know how much of that is from coaching. I don't know how much of that is from Carson Wentz himself. You know, the Eagles can still get a tie, which I think they will. I think we'll be tied up for the NFC East by the end of this week. I think the Eagles are going to win against the Bengals. And when the Cowboys lose against the Seahawks, now we're tied in first place. So not all is completely lost. You know, we have players dropping out like flies due to injury. People are coming in, people are going out. It's crazy. I've I've never seen anything like this with this team and especially I think with the with a team that had such high hopes. I mean they're looking and they're they know they're better than this. I'm not off the bandwagon, especially off the Carson Wentz bandwagon. I'm still strapped on. I'm still buckled in. I think Carson Wentz is staying in the pocket on purpose. I don't think he's being told to scramble. I don't think he's being told not to scramble. I think he's playing or he's trying to play smarter and eliminate the injuries that usually happen to him when he's outside the pocket. I've said this before. With Carson Wentz, that he mirrors Donovan McNabb. The way this season is panning out, it's looking an awful lot like the 03 season. And with McNabb, the Eagles started 0 2. Same thing. They then turned it around and they were able to finish out that season 12 4. In that 03 season, McNabb had 11 sacks, 3 interceptions. And his first touchdown that he threw wasn't until game four. They established a great running game. Obviously, we had one of, if not, eh, he's probably one of. I don't know if I don't know if Westbrook was the, but we had one of the best running backs in the game. Sanders did great for his debut. We need to keep rolling with that. Wentz doesn't need to force these passing plays. And again, I understand the plays come from the coach. So Dougie Fresh needs to realize that too. Carson Wentz maybe throw an audible in there and and run the ball instead. I don't know. But like I said, I'm not putting the blame on Wentz. There were some plays that Wentz made weren't great. Receivers aren't making the plays either. These guys need to wake up, and I think they will. I think starting right now, they're going to wake up, and they're getting in there. The defense is pissed. Here, Jalen Mills, he's tired of being questioned about the leadership of the defense without Malcolm Jenkins. And you know what? I was there. I did it too. I was like, man, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, maybe that's why defense isn't clicking. You know what? No. Not buying that anymore. These guys know what to do. They know what they're supposed to be doing, 
And I think, again, this game against the Bengals is going to be a win. I don't think it's going to be a close win. I don't think it's going to be a close game at all. I think the Eagles are going to wake up and realize that we need to hit the ground running here. We need to get going and start firing on all cylinders. By the way, that 3 season, not only did they go 12-4, and but they went all the way to the conference championship. I know. They ended up losing to the Panthers, who went on to the Super Bowl. But I'm not buying the sky is falling. I think us Eagle fans, we will rejoice again. We will be the NFC East champions once again. I fully, fully believe in that. I don't think it's going to be, again, a high-scoring game. You know, last time, I think the highest combined score, yeah, I'm pulling it up right now, Sunday night football game with 83 points for the Eagles and the Giants back in 09. It's not going to be that. It's honestly not going to be that exciting of a game. It's going to be, if you're an Eagles fan, so for me, it's going to be exciting. And I'm not knocking Joe Burrows. I love Joe Burrows. I think he's going to have a, a tougher time, though. We're playing in Philly. So this is a back-to-back at-home game for us. Yes, we don't have the fans. I understand that as well. But these Eagle fans, they or these Eagle players, know what they need to do. And I think when you have two 0-2 teams like this, push comes to shove, it's the Eagles that are coming on top, not the Bengals. I understand, again, Joe Burrows is good. He's looking great. I gave him all the praise before. This is not a must-win game for Joe Burrows. I don't think it is. This is definitely a must-win game for Carson Wentz. Because if he doesn't do that, I mean, let's be real. Carson Wentz can play a whole season and be 0-16. He's still not going to get benched for Suffield or Hurts, for that matter. But this game, they need to win it. Next game is going to be against the uh, 49ers, which is a Sunday night game. I'm feeling real good about that. Obviously, again, sorry to hear about Nick Bosa, but that's a huge help for us. Got to say. And you can sit back and go, oh man, that's the only, now you only believe in them because certain players are, are you know, leaving the, the game for the season. Man, you can call it whatever you want to call it, okay? But I feel good going into a Sunday night game against a depleted San Francisco 49ers. Then after that, the Steelers, after that, the Ravens. Look, these games are all going to be tough. But do I feel confident the Eagles are going to be sitting 4-2 and two after October? Or like midway through October? Yes, I do. And if you're an Eagles fan, you should feel just as good as I do. If you really believe in your team, like I do. I told you before, I'm buying in Carson Wentz. He's going he's gonna to rally this team together as the leader that he is. And they're going to be just fine. Going back to Jalen Hurts really quickly. I liked seeing him lined up in this game, this past game. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of this Taysom Hill-Breeze combo, possibly. Give give Carson Wentz a break a little bit. Run the Wildcat. We haven't seen the Eagles really pull off something like this in a long time. They, they tried it a little bit with Chip Kelly, the Destroyer. It could work this time. At the very least, you put him... You know, in a, in a tight end position, just run a little confusion for the defense a little bit. Give you some breathing room. Hell, do it more of a, a 
second and goal, third and goal situation. I like the design. It needs better execution. Let's see more of that. Let's see more creativity. That's what won them the Super Bowl to begin with. And I, I, I really hope that, that it was not Frank Wright and DeFilippo that were the reason why they won that championship. I would really like to believe that it was Doug Peterson that did it. That helped design the plays. That helped make these creative plays happen. Let's see more of that. And you know what? If it wasn't you, Doug, wake up and start doing that. Because we as the fans, we love that stuff. Get Hurts involved. Once get control of your locker room. Defense, rise up. And fly, Eagles, fly. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Richo's Rant. I want to thank you all for taking the time to check out everything we're doing here on the Sideline Network, including the Valley Sports Talk podcast, Drinks with Dan, Spaceball, and, of course, the Richo and Lala podcast. Please make sure you follow me on Twitter at the underscore underscore Richo. Make sure you please subscribe to the podcast. And you know what? Have a great week. Be safe. And I rant some more next week.